3D, 3D, 4. It's time for architecture, coffee, sanding. This is Hollywood C, and you're listening to Architecture, Coffee, and Ink, a podcast dedicated to introducing concepts, detailing out designs, and tackling the architecture you might not realize the meaning behind. I'm your hostess, and I'm here today to start introducing you to the designs that make you wonder why. So I ask you to brew your coffee, grab your sketchbook and pen, and let's begin. So thank you once again for tuning in. Today is going to be a two-part series or two-part episode. So this week, I'm going to be discussing space and taking you, dear listeners, on a spatial journey. Next week, I'm going to be getting into space as more of an architectural concept and focus on the actual research and different papers that have covered the concept and from a more academic standpoint. But for this first episode, I wanted to focus more on exploring it together a little differently. So let's see how it works. But first, a quick disclaimer and a warning. Each week, I have slowly been learning more and more about podcasting and the podcasting lifestyle. And more importantly, learning my own values, how to market myself and learn more about life than I ever thought I would from creating a God podcast. Given all that, I have also learned when I need to set boundaries and correct a grievous error. A listener reached out to let me know that I had unfortunately triggered them with my own notebook habits in one of my previous episodes. As designers, we take our notebook habits very seriously. And apparently, while I was discussing my own habits, someone felt quite attacked about their own. To disclaimer, I was not attempting to attack anybody with similar habits. And while I'm on this topic of disclaimering, um, I decided to combine it with another series of conversations that I've, I have had with people, wherein they were asking me about the list of deliverables their professor gave them for studio. So in all fairness to these extremely distressing issues, I offer this one-time trigger warning slash announcement of my official stance on both issues. M, this one's for you. Warning, warning, the material you are about to listen to will at some point possibly contain the following discussions. Notebooks and or rapid and unnecessarily accumulation of them, paper issues, including but not limited to, missized and miscut drawings, clarity of content within drawings, and notebook papers with the ruffled edges still attached. Notebook possessiveness and hoarding is a possible side effect of the designer lifestyle. Before any of further attempts of following designers and dissolving designer lifestyles, 
please consult with your physician. For design or inspiration lasting more than four hours, please contact your doctor as this could be the signs of a lifestyle altering and a serious condition. Additionally, this podcast is not responsible for your studio professor's requirements and refuses to comment on the list of deliverables a professor may or may not hand you, much less comment publicly on any of the drawings unless it is to offer individual feedback and critique, which we will be very happy to do, but will not email your professors asking for a reduced assignment, especially not in the days before it is due. Any advice you choose to share or follow will be done at your own discretion. So please listen responsibly and check your sources, check your facts, and check me. So now that the announcements are officially done, let's discuss a treatise on space. Now this topic is something that has come up an awful lot for me both within my studies and when teaching. A few of the topics that has been straying to the forefront of every conversation lately has been about the social responsibility of the architect. Now, I plan on discussing this concept in a lot more depth over time. And the concept of being a socially responsible architect is one that could possibly be its own thesis or at least a subpaper which I'm admittedly considering tackling over the winter break, we will see. But I realized this is a topic that needs foundations first. You don't dive into this without having a really good understanding. And when I was breaking this concept down, it kept coming back to space. Now, I have no doubt a lot of you have probably turned off the podcast to this point and I'm talking into empty air. But if you haven't, I'm assuming you haven't left me. Let me break it down for you on how these concepts are related as I see it. Non-sourced, just my free thoughts. Architects are pretty consumed and defined by space. We have papers that we will often discuss the human body and designing for it, whether in augmented spaces or in interiors or just in locations. We spend our studios poring over the ideas of where the users, and quick aside, only aside, for my non-designers, that literally means who uses and inhabits the space, not users as in a manipulative person. But where are the users' lines of sight? Where and how are we directing them through the building? And how are we crafting their experience? In my opinion, that's the definition of being obsessed with space, of being defined by space. However, an architect who fails to craft the experience with the users in mind or with their cultures and their values in mind is not being socially responsible, which is where I think the two topics overlie. You need to be able to define and understand space. Understand how to responsibly use space and understand how to craft space in such a way that it embraces and enhances the surroundings and the cultural context to truly be a socially responsible architect. 
Now, I know someone is going to counter-argue with me that they can name several buildings. I personally can think of several that the clients did not want the project to match the surroundings or take into account the community's involvements beyond their own. And I would like to go ahead and state that to me, that is a cultural reaction. It may be a counter reaction, but the clients are still being driven by something and reacting to some sort of values. Most architects and most architectural movements are driven and defined by intentions. So to be socially responsible, you need to be both full of intentions and open to the experience, or more, open to the unknown, lean into your discomfort. It's making you uncomfortable for a reason, find out why. And I am just a graduate student, I'm still learning, and just like everyone else. So what may, what may be my thoughts today could be tomorrow's ashes. Now, when you Google space architecture, you can pull up architecture in space. And I hope you all heard that cap. Designing for the final frontier around Jupiter's moon, Pluto's orbit, or a space model in my favorite constellation, Orion. Sounds like the stuff of fantasies. But every day we get closer and closer to this unknown. And my Facebook feed is littered with UFO sightings and articles roughly titled The Physics About Space Travel or Space to You. But to me, the more we broaden our understanding and the parameters of design territory, the more we need to understand and study our immediate use and treatment of space through our design, through our layouts, and how we use the immediate surroundings, because there is so much potential we sometimes waste. And while I joked in the intro line about 2D versus 3D versus 4D space, which I'll cover in a little bit more detail next episode, as architects, it can make a huge difference in our understanding, not to even get started on augmented reality. Now, to cement what I mean, join me in an experiment, and this experiment's why it's a two-part episode. If you don't want to, that's fine. Just jump ahead about 10 minutes into the recording from here, but sit down somewhere for a moment. Get comfortable. If you can, close your eyes. I'm going to have you guys cast your minds for just a moment. Become one with yourself, just think. But sit down somewhere in your bedroom, your studio, your living room. And picture with me another room. If you're sitting in your living room, picture your bedroom. 
Can you pull up exactly when and where it is? We're going to mentally reconstruct your bedroom. And I promise there's a point to this experiment. So think about where the door is. How do you come from the hall into the room? Is there anything in the way? Think about the door itself and the threshold. What color is the door? Is it open? Is it shut? Do you remember the color of the door? Then step forward into your mental map. Where is your bed? Can you see it from the door? Is it tucked around a corner? Is there dressers or closets around you? Is there a dog bed? Slowly, bit by bit, reconstruct that room. Now I want you to do something that's going to sound a little weird, but think of your floor. Think of the patterns of movement. Is it worn? Can you see your footprint? Can you see the drags across the floor, the scuffles of your shoes? Is the center of the floorboards worn? down more than the outer edges? How do you flow through the room? Can you follow the floor? Can you follow the patterns in the floor through the room? Can you reach every corner in your mind? Does something, anything, block you? Can you feel the glancing blush of the sun cross your face as you move through the room? Or is it night where you are? Can you feel the somber stillness of the dark? The cool, comforting chill of the stillness or the loud urgency of happiness? The brief bright clutter. Now, is there an area you don't understand? Something nagging at the back of your mind that you vaguely remember, possibly maybe is it thrown under the bed? Or did, you, did I drop something beneath the bed? Where are the walls? What are the colors? How do they feel to you? Do they bring urgency? Peace? Comfort? 
Now, I ask you to come back to yourself slowly, bit by bit, sense by sense. Don't draw yourself. Feel what's under your hands if you're sitting. Is it the rough texture of the couch? Is it a smooth leather? What can you smell around you? Now, what can you see? Once you've done that experiment, and if you wanna do it a couple of times, please feel free to rewind the last six minutes back. If it's possible, go to that space. Were you able to reconstruct it? More importantly though, were you able to understand how you moved through the room? Was the movement you were imagining different than the movement and steps you can take in real life? When you look at the floor, did you create more, create more area, more definition, more difference? Did you imagine the difference in the coloration? Were there moments that you wish existed? Were there moments you regret? Now you don't have to be able to remember where every comic book is or where the touch of the walls brush across the back of your hand, what that feels like, what the cool plaster <laughs> feels to step underneath your feet or the rough texture of concrete. And you don't need any of those sensories to be a good designer, but you need to understand how the space feels and flows. The basic smallest element. You might not remember that you threw your book bag across the bed, but do you remember the amount or the room in between the bed and the wall? You need to understand and analyze what's wrong, what can work better, and what could flow better. You need to understand the little moments. You don't need to do that experiment in every place you design but can you convey and understand the smallest moments in your design to explain it to clients, to bring it alive enough to sell it? It's like describing a color without using the words, describing the variations through the experiences like the smell of the grass after the rain, the deep tints reflecting in the drops, or the vibrancy of your favorite plant merrily sitting on the counter day after day after day with such a steady consistency, or the calming softest folds of the forest, cushioning in comfort, and draping you in the foliage. 
but it's also the sickening colors of the sky in the worst of the storm and the turning of the sea. It's sitting in a meadow with the light baffling through the trees, creating prisms of lights and colors, the barest hints of heat rushing across your face. If you ever want to understand layout and spatial considerations of design, go to a theme park. I told my students to do this once. Take a pen and a map and follow the path of the numbers of the attractions. Then follow the actual path and label the locations of the stores. Look for the most popular rides versus the locations of the souvenir shop. Have you got that? Now do the same thing with the city. Where are the stores? Where is the shopping district? But with a city, you can find so much more. Space is an incredibly difficult concept. And if I had 400 years, I could barely begin to discuss everything I wanted to think about. Even now, I'm slightly dissatisfied with the barest breadth of the topics that I covered. Space is defined as three things on Google. Either the encumbered area, free of debris, the dimensions, heights, width, depth, or finally, the position between objects. And of course, I'm gonna make a fourth, but just as intangible, an all-encompassing beyond, beyond Earth. When I was a child, I used to terrify and excite myself with the idea of traveling in it, with the idea of just infinity behind me. That idea of just understanding how incredibly small you are. We had a pretty big nerd household, pretty big on Stargate and Star Trek. Now I'm still obsessed with space, just in a new way. I'm interested in the treatment of it and understanding how it crafts the experience. I once designed a building for class where basically I was using a form of graffiti. I had studied it for a long time to craft the movement of the user through the building, basically using the shape of it that I had made as my pathways and movement. I essentially created a shape and housed it in a square and used that to define everything. And I thought I was pretty original, having barely been introduced to the concepts and design at the time that I was designing this, until I found out that a few other buildings did a very similar thing with a different concept. So I guess great minds think alike. Space is going to continue to haunt me. And the question is, will you lean into your discomfort and let it haunt you?
Thank you once again for tuning in. Once again, a big thank you to all my listeners and a quick call to action. Please rate and review, share with your friends, neighbors, and family, your professor, whoever you think needs some architecture in their life. We again have a Facebook page and a private group, both of which are under the same name, Architecture, Coffee, and Ink. And the answer to the question, who the host is, is Hollywood, just like the city. And the second question is just your opinion. And I might just use that opinion as a recommendation for a show with a little shout out. If you want to either be featured or have a case study suggestion, or perhaps just want to share a story of your favorite designer experience, you can either find me at Architecture Coffee and Inc. Website is architectureinc.design.blog. Or I'm really excited to announce we have an Instagram. Our Insta is now Architecture Coffee and Ink without the commas and all spelled out, just like the email address, which is again linked to the bottom of the show notes. I have gone ahead and set up a new account to kind of keep it simple and stop everything from switching around quite so much. So give a follow and you can keep up with all the news. Everything will be linked in the show notes. You can also email me at architecturecoffeeandink at gmail.com all spelled out without the ampersands or comma. I know that I am probably really forgetting something. I'm afraid that as I'm gearing up for my studio final and a couple other finals, I have like three presentations next week back to back. Um, I'm a little, little behind and a little late, a dollar short and a day late, I believe is what it is. A quick note about the website. I knew that's what I was forgetting. Um, while I absolutely love technology, and I think it is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Seriously, give me some Python, Grasshopper, some coding, and I am so happy it's not even funny. Throw a challenge in front of me. Let me try to decode it. However, when technology doesn't work, it really does not work. Apparently, some of my posts are not showing up, so I will have to be manually fixing all of that this week while I prepare for my studio review next week. So if you follow the blog and suddenly see that a lot of the notes are changing and finally updating, or all of these posts that I swear I've been posting magically finally appear, it's me fixing it. This is 100% user error, but at least I'm only doing this now at the beginning of my journey and not you know, the week before final reviews in May next year. If nothing else, this podcast has taught me so much about growth and learning old technology in new ways. Uh, And by that, I mean technology that I thought I was used to, but apparently there's always something you can learn and another way you can design. It's been a pretty invigorating challenge. So while I'm off to grade, and tackle the world of website design. May your coffee mugs be full and your inkwells never run dry. <laughs>